get ready to ride Russ and the rest are gonna light up the sky been dark and gloomy the first two weeks of the season so we had to bring in some sunshine and rainbows and palm trees <laughs> we've got that with jimmy palm trees james palmer joining us today james are you just full of sunshine today i guess i mean we can lie and say that we are um, it's a pretty pleasant evening or morning or whatever it is i'm all out of whack with my time zones uh, where have you been london I've been no, I haven't been to London yet this year. We'll probably head there eventually. Yep. But I was I did uh, Ravens and Bengals in Cincinnati, a city forever gray, mm, and it smells yeah. like weed all the time, like more than Denver. Huh. Wow. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, in Cincinnati? In Cincinnati. Oh wow. yeah. Just nothing else to do? I, I don't know. There's not a lot going on in Ohio. I got my Buckeye shirt <laughs> yeah. on yeah. right now. Being an Ohio State Huge guy. game this weekend, guys. Huge game. Buckeyes, I mean, Irish. Whoa. <laughs> Anytime I mean, Notre Dame. might find me in South Bend on Saturday, somehow find a way to get there. Uh, Anytime Notre Dame plays in a big game, they always seem to choke it away or just get blown out. I appreciate so your Ohio uh, State's appreciate win. your support. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, let's try to talk positive as we can uh, as much we can out of uh, a 0-2 start. Ooh. Well, you know, Ooh. there there are some positives, maybe seven of the past ten seasons, an 0-2 team has gone on to make the playoffs, including the Bengals last year. Yeah, and they're 0-2 again. Yep. You think they make the playoffs? I don't know. I don't think so. Think the Chargers make the playoffs? Really? No. Think the Vikings make the playoffs? With that division, they have a chance, yeah. They do have they a chance. They still have a chance to win that division. And uh, because, what, the division leaders won and won? Mm-hmm. The Lions would be yeah. one on one right I now. I mean, you look at it like that division has always been like, oh, there's Aaron Rodgers. Well, like that's not the case. We look yeah. at what the Bears are like right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Like, no, they still have a chance to win their division. They have some issues. They got Tolton Riser now, baby, uh, yeah. on that <laughs> offensive line. Uh, but they, yeah, they have some things they need to clear up. I mean, they obviously weren't very good against Philly. But yeah, I, I'm worried about Cincinnati for sure. If we're talking about AFC teams and we want to talk about the Broncos potentially getting into the mm-hmm. postseason, I don't know if that's possible. Um, but. Cincinnati's got some issues for sure. Joe's calf is definitely lingering. Mm. Uh, being in that locker room, that is the major concern with the teammates I talk to privately. They're like, man, this thing is going to linger. It's going to keep getting re-aggravated. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be something that never goes away. And he just can't get comfortable. Mm-hmm. And the team in the AFC that I am now, James is jumping on the bandwagon of. <laughs> oh, the Ravens. The yeah. Ravens. I'm, I'm a little hot here. Mm-hmm. I'm on fire. I love this. <laughs> um, the Ravens, dude. Like this new this new offense mm-hmm. with Todd Munkin running it, and I think people don't know, or just maybe because he runs the ball so well, don't understand how good of a passer Lamar Jackson Definitely. is, how accurate of a passer he is. And talking to Mark Andrews after the game, I was like, Mark, every receiver talks about, well, he makes my, the tight end, the great tight end makes mm-hmm. my life easy on the outside. And I was like, why don't we flip that? You now have, well, OBJ got hurt, but OBJ, Zay Flowers, who they think yep. the world of, the yep. rookie. Fantasy people out there, if he's not picked up in your league, go get Zay Flowers. They think he's going to be phenomenal. Now you have talent on the outside with mm-hmm. a great tight end, with a run game in the second half that they were able to utilize. I'm on board with this Ravens team, man. Lamar might be back in that MVP mix. I'm saying it. 
He might be back in that MVP mix. I believe it. And he just got paid and mm-hmm. uh, looks mm-hmm. healthy right now mm-hmm. and uh, probably going to be no issues there. So, man, that that is a, a dangerous team. And then you see the Browns look absolutely dismal. What a brutal last blow night. last night, man. I mean, you give up 14 points on offense? Oh, no. man. I don't care about the and score. And then Nick Chubb, too. Yeah. Yep. Nick yep. Chubb's yep. like one of yep. the best people in this league. Really? Like one of the nicest human beings, most humble individuals you will ever come about like guys that have the football in their hands tend to have a bit of a machismo to them <laughs> yeah nick chubb is the exact opposite when i was there during training <laughs> camp they were you know i was talking to kevin stefanski and he was just like he's like you can't ask for anything more from wow. a star player like you, you literally can't get a better person character demeanor practice player everything from nick chubb like you really can't and he's been like i think we can say it like we know we love derrick henry mm-hmm. josh jacobs was great last year you know, Christian McCaffrey's more of a weapon. He's been the best running back in football yep. the last several years, maybe since he came to the league. And the shame of it is that this is the same knee as 2015 at yeah. UGA. But he did go on over 1,100 yards in each of the two seasons at Georgia after that happened. Huh. But this is the second time with probably the dislocation and multiple ligaments. Just brutal, man. And that kind of ties into, like, you know, Javante and, like, where he's at. And, you know, everybody's heads, he's, he's come back mm-hmm. and he looks great. I'm always curious because this has gone on in a couple of places I've talked to coaches. They're like, man, he's back about certain players. I won't say who, but they're like, he's back, but he's just, he's not the guy yet. Yeah. And I don't know if he will be the guy. And I hope that's not the case with Javante. <laughs> and I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying we all say like he's healthy. He feels good. But coaches do see like that little bit of explosion that may not be there. Right. That was there before with a lot of these major knee injuries. So hopefully Javante gets back to that explosiveness. Hopefully Nick Chubb does big time uh and we'll see what his recovery is and i think we're gonna see the coaches just tell us whether Javante's back or not just with their actions specifically sean who's on the field how much i think it's gonna be 50 50 probably throughout the entire yeah. season but mm-hmm. i think if Javante truly is back then he will start separating i think it'll be 70 percent Javante, and will we see that this year i don't know i'm still shocked that he's at the point where he is now where he's playing football it's been unbelievable getting 10 yep. carries um he started the game against washington very hot two mm-hmm. carries 24 yards then i don't think it was his fault that he slowed down the next 10 carries only went for 20 yards um because that commander's line just woke up yeah well and, and the one thing i noticed was that at the end of a couple of those runs he took some hits and it felt like the last couple years he hasn't taken many hits for whatever reason or maybe you just, i just don't remember him but i remember saying the press box and thinking like huh it's that it seems like he dodges that or it seems like maybe he lands the blow there um so that's only one difference that i've noticed from him and even that might just be more in my head than anything no it could be i mean you're a smart guy uh it could just be in that smart oh, little head nice. of yours <laughs> it could be no but just, honestly smart we always we smart always talk head. about when a guy comes in and he comes back and we're like, how does he cut on it? Yep. How's the explosion off of it? There's still all of these tiny movements, tiny steps, shifts of weight that happen prior mm-hmm. to contact, right? All these things were like, and your shoulders down and you, mm-hmm. you deliver, you protect yourself. All of that comes into getting healthier with the knee, not just the straight cut in the route or through the hole yep. or the explosive first step. All of those little movements are part of getting back and trust in all of those different aspects. And this is going to be so key for the Broncos to be able to run the ball because we talked to Lloyd Cushenberry yesterday, and he kind of said multiple times that a big issue with the pass rush, with, with the commander's pass rush really heating up in the second half was when the Broncos started losing their lead and then they lost mm-hmm. the lead, 
They had to pass the ball more than they wanted. I believe those were the words that he used, more than mm -hmm. they were expecting to. Uh, and uh, that puts a lot more pressure on the offensive line, puts a lot more pressure on Russ, as we saw, and the offensive line just started to crumble from there. And that's, I mean, the, the first quarter and a half, the Broncos' <laughs> offensive line, it looked like they were playing the worst defensive line in the NFL when, it, in actuality, it was an incredible defensive line they were playing. But then the offensive line just started to crumble when they were able to tee off. So I think the running game, we've talked about this all offseason and training mm -hmm. camp. We knew Sean Payton was going to run, want to run the ball. I think this pass game just confirmed that even more. I mean, yeah. the, the starters, they introduced Chris Manhurts, Adam Troutman, and Michael Burton. <laughs> I, awesome. I think that shows you exactly what they want to be. I love when coaches decide like who they want to introduce yeah. Yeah. like which guys <laughs> no I, that's what perplexed me the most because i like I, I i did a little call in video on sunday for the pregame yeah, show which just like here's what i here's what i'm looking mm -hmm. for um deron Payne is incredible yeah like incredible mm -hmm. player um he makes that whole group grow i'm good buddies with their d-line coach and like he's like he's he's, he's everything that you want out, mm -hmm. out of a defensive lineman in terms of motor in terms of disruption in terms of making things chaotic in the middle of the field to when your edge rushers, when I think they got some pretty good edge rushers, yeah. I think, right, uh, can go out there and make plays. If you get a lead on these guys, like continue to run the ball. I don't even care if you're not even running it all that successfully. Like mm -hmm. you gotta keep showing them that you're gonna run the football. Because I find it so fascinating yeah. that Eric Bieniemy on the other side, when they're still down in the second mm -hmm. half, yeah. a big part of that comeback was their focus on still running yep. the football and being patient with their comeback in a sense, yeah. right? You know, a lot of times mm -hmm. when you're from behind, offensive coordinators, quarterbacks try to look for that one big play to get you mm -hmm. back into it. Honestly, that kind of happened right before the half, and we can kind of talk about that a little bit if we yeah. want. But, like, they were very patient in using their run game as part of this comeback, which keeps the defense honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, right? the th in the third quarter, the commanders averaged 10 yards per carry. It was incredible. Like, and I think I, I give a lot of respect for a play caller that has the ability to sit there and go, I know we're down. But no, we're still going to run the ball. We're still yeah. going to run the ball because also it does exactly what you said, Zach. Like you, you can't have the D line sitting there going to pin their ears back. What do you hear from every defensive lineman in that Broncos locker room when you go in there? Oh man, we get a lead. We yeah. can pin our ears back yeah. and we yeah. go yeah. after the quarterback. Well, they couldn't do that yep. because right. the Commanders stayed balanced, and the Broncos actually with the lead didn't do that. Right. That was the interesting part yeah. in terms of the play calling that jumped out at me. Well, and they did a great job. Like some of those early runs, like the toss to Jaleel was perfect. Like even even the Russ keeper when they have uh was Troutman out there lead blocking for him on the backside, just sneak him out there. Like the creativity in the running game was incredible in the first half. Then the second half it just didn't feel like there was too much going on. You know, the jet sweeps kind of dried up. It was basically just plow straight ahead and it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was the biggest conversation after the game yesterday, continuing with the offense communication. Mm. What yeah. the heck is going on? And James, I think you have some excellent insight <laughs> on what's going on. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at Bet365, where they don't do ordinary over at Bet365. They believe every sport should be epic, and so they have so many unusual bets, some really fun bets going on there. We've teamed up with Bet365 to have our unique bets over there so you can find so many fun bets specifically to Denver sports over at Bet365. They also have alternate lines. Uh, you can bet on a 99-yard pass to be scored uh, in a game. You can bet on so many different 
different things. So make sure to check out all the unique things they've got, plus all of the ordinary bets that you'll find anywhere else over at Bet365. Use that code DNVR when you sign up. You bet $1, you're going to get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1. So use that code DNVR over at Bet365 at sign up. Also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Primo Hoagies. Yeah. Oh, bring it back. I love Primo. Oh, I'm so excited a they Philly came out spot. here. Oh, it's a Philly special. Oh, really? get me oh this a is perfect. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Just oh, This is our first day with the Primo ad. <laughs> oh, this is meant to be that I'm here. It is. Yeah, this oh. is incredible. I'm doing the Eagles Commanders game in two weeks. I will most certainly be eating Primo Hoagies. This isn't even like a paid for spot. I'm not getting anything about this. This is just my love of Primo. So what's the go-to? Yeah. Oh, dude. Um, is it just classic Philly or no, what are we no, talking? no, no, like Broccoli Rob sandwich is phenomenal. The do they have that out here? Let's see what Primo's Broccoli Rob. Well, hold on here, guys. Wow, oh. this is uh, Primo hoagies. Let's see what they have on their menu out here. <laughs> <laughs> they it's got two locations, one Denver, pork. one yep. Centennial. I mean, roast pork would be just like it's just an absolute dominant. Uh, it's order almost for me. lunchtime. James, <laughs> you can make me hungry here. I'm all over this. Let's see. Yeah, they still do have an Italian, which is great. Um, <laughs> Cheesesteak, I wouldn't really, it was really not really my jam there. Okay. But, I mean, oh, yeah. The Diablo's there. Okay. They got they got a lot of the good, <laughs> good stuff out here. Yeah. 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 Definitely go check it out. They make all their food with only the highest quality Thuman's meats and cheeses. They're sliced fresh to order. They're served on Primo's award-winning seated rolls, and they bake those fresh every day. So throw the best party on the block. Order a bunch of Primo for your friends. And there's locations in Denver and Centen Centennial. Uh, you can order your party trays in advance uh, and online at primohoagies.com. It's not just a hoagie. It's a primo. Mm, primo. I think James can handle those primo spots in the future. He <laughs> loves them. As long as I get a cut. <laughs> exactly. I don't even want any money. I just want like you want sandwiches. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My Joey from Friends. You can just pay me in sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Um, so can the Broncos pay you in sandwiches to figure out what's going on with this offensive communication breakdown, James? I do have an education degree from the Ohio State University. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> listen, it's it's kind of funny. I think, actually, Zach, I talked to you about this. I'm trying to find it. Um, I talked to you about this. Hey, you brought the notes today. I did bring some notes today, guys. I got to find a thing I did. Remember when I asked Sean Payton during training camp, what have you learned about the process between being the play caller in a quarterback's year? over your years yeah because mm -hmm. i know we all do that this was a problem last year right mm -hmm. and i remember him saying 90 percent of the issues happen from the play caller it's usually on me or joe lombardi whoever's making the call mm -hmm. but 90 percent of it usually is on the play caller getting it in quickly but he obviously went to the importance of getting the play in quickly the importance of yeah. making sure your quarterback can see yep. the field as quickly as possible that's actually something we're seeing in dallas with the switch that they've made with mike mccarthy you're seeing mm -hmm. dak get to the line of scrimmage super early and it's helping dak out huh. tremendously and that is exactly tied to this getting your quarterback out there as quickly as possible and i remember that and i asked that question because this was a huge problem with Russ last year this has been a huge problem for Russ I don't want to say problem because he's played through it at right. a very high level in Seattle yeah. but it's been something that has been something an issue to to. that the 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 team and the other offensive players have had to adjust to during his entire time in Seattle good buddies with Michael Robinson good old mm -hmm. M Rob one of the coolest people on the damn planet <laughs> was a fullback former quarterback mm -hmm. at Penn State fullback for those Seattle teams back in the day he told me those early years First several years, he made parts of the calls in the huddle mm -hmm. in Seattle. Wow. He would make some of the calls to help out Russ and help out the communication of how it would get in the huddle and how it would get out. Um, 
And what we're just talking about here, if I'm right, yeah. is just literally hearing the play call and then spitting it out so everyone can hear it. And these play yep. calls can be 10, 15 this, It's not words. easy. It honestly yeah. isn't easy. And but I, but I, that's what we're talking about is just simply the relaying of information. Relaying of the information and getting it out of your mouth and, and making sure you can do it in a timely manner mm -hmm. to where everybody can get to the line of scrimmage. Like, so... And M. Rob said this to me. He's like, listen, the, the dude's still phenomenal at a lot of other things of playing quarterback. And I think we should make that clear. Like, it's not like we're sitting here dogging Russ like, right. oh, my God, what an idiot. Like, right. no, like, right. Right. he's like, dude, everybody has a part of their game that's not their strongest. Mm -hmm. This isn't Russ's strongest part of his game. But what I do find fascinating is that they found a way in Seattle during a decade yeah. to make this not be an issue. And now with two different coaching staffs here over the last two years in Denver, it has been an issue. Yep. And I remember getting texts from guys on the previous staff after Sean Payton went out and talked to Jarrett Bell of USA Today and made those <laughs> comments. And a couple of coaches obviously were a little upset with the words yep. and just kind of hit me up and were like, wait till he has to deal with Russ with this mm. issue in terms of getting the plays out. It was not all on us. We had, and they did say, we had plenty of problems in terms of yep. getting the play in from our side of things, but it was not all on us. Yep. Wait till Sean has to deal with it. So I'm curious, like, where does Sean, who's a very, very good teacher of football, find ways to make adjustments mm -hmm. really quickly yep. and much quicker than the previous staff did, mm -hmm. um, which they did make them, remember? Like, yep. yeah. Rosberg comes in, yep. like, really quickly early Russ in the season. way better. Everything you know, got fixed better. Yeah. Yeah. came in, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see if, if Sean and company can, can kind of change this quicker. And the other part about it is let's not look at the wristband as, like, a scarlet letter. Mm-hmm. Tom mm -hmm. Brady wore the wristband for long stretches of time when he played mm -hmm. in the Patriots. I think he's pretty good. I think he did all right. I think so he saw yeah. um, it. Just it can help out with some things. Yeah. And I think we obviously saw Russ with the wristband on Sunday. Yep. But you can change what's on there. Obviously, I think that's what Sean might be hinting at. Like it maybe I got to readjust what I'm putting on there. Readjust kind of the information we're putting on there because the last thing you want in a key situation. And as smart as Sean Payton is, he's sitting there going like, "Man, I really want to call this, but I don't know if we're going to be able to get." He's looking at the clock like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this to him and him to the, no, we're not going to run that play. Right. That would be like the worst case that would be. Yep. you got to find ways that that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah you have to. And uh, one of the most disheartening things about hearing this for Broncos fans after the first two weeks is they can't necessarily point the finger entirely at Nathaniel Hackett for last year. Because now you say, well, wait, Sean Payton's a top five coach in the NFL, potentially an unbelievable play mm -hmm. caller. He didn't seem to have any issues with this. We have said, years right, what was one of, the, one of the biggest things we would say when I would come on here with you guys is like, well, at least we're going we're gonna to be able to clean up all of this stuff. 100%. Yep. When Sean Payton and his coaching staff come in. And, yep. it's, and it's back, yep. in a sense. Yep. And that, um, that's probably the most frustrating, discouraging thing. But is. one of the best things that I like to see right now is that Sean is taking, taking steps to fix this. Week two. He's not going to wait till the end of the season or That's wait till my there's point. a new yeah, quarterback. He's a, he's a great teacher. He'll find ways to fix it, and I do he, think. And he's doing it now. And two of the things that he said, reduce the verbiage and then mm -hmm. go to a wristband if necessary. And what that means with going to a wristband is it means that Russ can have the plays written out on the wristband and then Sean can just send in a number or yep. send in a couple of words. And then Russ can identify that play on the wristband and then be able to read it. And then so there is no remembering 15 words of a yep. play call and then having to recite them. It's going to a wristband. Now, Sean has said, 
um, that it's probably not all going to be on a wristband. There's going yeah. to be some shorter plays mm -hmm. reducing the verbiage. And when we need plays that are longer, that have more detail, that are going to be 15 words, then we can mm -hmm. use a wristband. So uh, I, I like that this is happening now. But my question, and I had this question yesterday, and James, I think you have some insight on this. My question is, how did this just pop up week one and week two? Th I mean, this couldn't have been perfect all throughout mm -hmm. training camp, all throughout the preseason, and then just pop up, especially with, with Sean Payton. You think mm -hmm. he would have addressed this earlier? Yeah, and I remember talking to Sean, him saying, like, that's why I'm pushing this so hard during training camp, right? I'm trying to get everybody to the line of scrimmage as quickly as possible. Remember, they kept trying yeah. to get that tempo going it as quickly great. as possible in camp. So he's like, so we can get used to being there early, get used to Russ seeing seeing the defense and doing all this to, to prepare them to have this at a high rate of speed. So when the game comes around, maybe it's a little bit easier. But the part that stood out to me is, and I remember doing my rounds and going to a bunch of camps and then coming back and seeing Sean Payton in the huddle with the papers held up and like everybody's looking at Sean and he's mm -hmm. he's there next to Russ, they make the call and then they run it. Kind of looks like scout team. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I'm like, they're not using the headset. Hmm. And I'm like, I'm watching VJ the entire camp using the, the walkie talkie, which essentially they do during camp, right? They have the walkie talkie in their hand. Yeah. They just do that mm -hmm. to the green dot guy uh, on which defense. Which essentially or, mimics game yeah, day. It's the atmosphere. exact same thing. It's yep. just, they're not wearing a headset. So they have the walkie talkie going to the, to the player. And I wasn't seeing that on offense. And so I was thinking, now that I like this has all come back, yeah. I'm like, did they not work on it in camp because it was slowing down the whole process? Like that this is an issue with Russ and we can't be radioing to him, him doing that, and then our whole practice slowing down and it's affecting right. our progress on offense with the other 11, uh, 10 guys mm -hmm. out there having to get work done. Yep, I, That's a guess. I could be dead wrong on that. And that's why they weren't doing it. But if it's a problem, why aren't you practicing it during camp? My only thought is maybe you weren't practicing it because it was slowing the process of camp yep. down when you have so many other things you have to accomplish. Yeah. I don't know. That makes sense. I'd also be curious whether Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater, like were they doing the exact same thing Drew Brees does? Because I know that initially Sean was putting a lot on Drew. Like Drew was calling out every word of the play every single time, like all 10, 15 words. And... I wonder if that got pared down a little bit when they switched to his replacements. I mean, there was like several replacements, right? Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, there was yeah. Taysom Hill gets in there with Taysom Hill's like packages. But he actually played. Um, and then, yeah, and then Jameis Simeon? and Trevor Simeon. Yeah, a couple of starts. My man Trevor, he can handle a lot mentally. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, it's, I in the, it's, in, it's in the Big Ten, but you know, I don't want to <laughs> give any love to any other school, but Northwestern is <laughs> a pretty smart school. I mean, so you'll, Trevor you'll give can them handle the academics it. as long as you get the football? Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah their football's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. Um, yeah, that means he's a smart guy. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know how you, I, it's not up to me to fix it, but I do think mm -hmm. Sean has the ability to fix this. I think it's just figuring out what was going to happen. And maybe they just assumed this wasn't going to be as big of an issue as right. it was. It wasn't really a big of an issue in week one. No, no. no. At least we couldn't see that it was. Yeah. Right. And here's the other part. This game was at home. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like communication only gets more yep. difficult on the road. That's a good point. So. Yeah. yeah. So how long does this take to fix? Because it, it seems easy, like to shorten the verbiage, go to the wristband. But that's a different way of doing things than they've been doing for six months, more realistically, like the past two or three months on a consistent basis. Well, I think the speed in which it gets corrected, to me, is how well do the other 10 guys know 
their job and probably exactly. a couple of other guys' jobs right. too. Yep. Right, right. Because they all got to pick it up just a little bit quicker in the huddle. Maybe a little bit more is on them, like I was talking about with mm-hmm. them, Rob. Like maybe the rest of the group has the ability to kind of pick things up a little. Oh, okay. Like you're going to need to know your assignment without hearing the whole thing, possibly. Exactly. And then you make the adjustment in your head as another player. If that's the case, then it could pick up pretty quickly. Or they find a perfect solution to this right. um, as an offensive staff mm-hmm. and and fix it pretty quickly. And I mean, that's that's not out of the question either. And what's one of the things that Sean Payton keeps telling the media and then keeps telling the players is we have to improve as fast as we can in the first four weeks. It's mm-hmm. all about a fast start. And the Broncos have been anything but that. So yeah. I think Sean's going to try to implement this 100% this week. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be key, especially going up against the high-tempo, high-scoring Miami Dolphins offense, where the Broncos in the second half, if they get down, they're going to have to. They're not going to be able to do slow drives and waste a lot of clock. They're going to have to be running fast, get up to the line, um, either doing really fast substitutions or not doing substitutions at all because that second-to-last drive that the Broncos had when they got the ball with seven minutes left and they didn't kick a field goal until after the two-minute warning was just infuriating. I, for Sean Payton, <laughs> starting off with him, and then fans as well. I mean, you could feel the frustration in the crowd mm-hmm. just watching it being like, we're seeing the clock go down. What is going on? That has to change right away. Yeah. I'm curious what your approach would be against Miami. What would your approach oh, be? Oh, boy. I mean, it's tough. I think, first of all, defensively is easy. You got to keep the safeties back. You make sure you don't give up anything deep. Make them complete a bunch of passes to get down the field and hope they screw up at some point. 100%. Um, offensively, though, I don't think you can worry too much about what the other offense is doing. It's probably just figuring out what you do best. So I think the outside runs have gone well. So I think I get some of those tosses going to Javante. Um, I think you want some of those same crack tosses that we're working. Hopefully you can get something going in the middle and then the short passes. So I think a lot of it's just like letting Russ cook on the underneath stuff, which is what he's been best at so far. You got to get some deep shots in there, but I think a lot of it's that quick game and some outside runs. I think arguably Russ has been best at the deep shots. He's only been given three opportunities. One really does throw one of the better deep balls. He does. does. Of the last 20 years, roughly. And one of the deep balls turned in in the first game, turned into a Cortland Sutton pass interference that he was able to draw. Mm -hmm. That was a successful play. Then the other two, this past game, Marvin Mm -hmm. Mims for 53 yards and then another one for a 60-yard touchdown. I think, actually, that the Broncos need to do even more deep shots because we saw them take the methodical approach down the Mm -hmm. field, and that put up 16 points against the Raiders. You do that this week, the Miami Dolphins are going to beat you by 20 points. At the same time, what they've done so far has made them the most efficient offense in the NFL. Like there, there is something to that points per drive. They're sitting in first and the defense is in last, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So that's the point I wanted to get at on what mm-hmm. your approach would be. Would you try to slow the game down and limit Miami's possessions because of how well they can score and how well they can score fast? Like it was funny because I only mm-hmm. thought of this because I just did the game on Sunday. That's what the Ravens do. They, they limit your possessions offensively. That's yeah. why people hate playing the Ravens. I mean, I like every player I talked to with Cincinnati was like, it's actually, they were like, that's why we ask for the ball first usually when we play the Ravens. Yeah. Because we know mm-hmm. we're going to have like three fewer possessions probably in the mm-hmm. game than we normally would. Huh. So my thought would be like, I know we got to finish, we got to figure out speeding up this process. Yeah. But maybe you want to intentionally slow the game down mm-hmm. in some capacity, run the ball well, and Tua and Jalen Waddle, and we'll see about him with the concussion yeah. protocol mm-hmm. and Tyreek Hill and this offense that is really, really mm-hmm. good. If you have the ability to slow the game down, because who are you going against as a defensive coordinator? Vic, Vic. Fangio, yeah. yeah, right. 
Vic's going to take away your explosive plays. Yep. That's what he's known for, right? That's his M.O. So if you can have really successful first and second downs mm -hmm. and you're consistently in third and shorts, you might limit two of their possessions. You might take two of the possessions out of the game. Yep. And that may help you. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious what the game plan would be. The, but. the issue, and I know you can't draw everything off the, off the pass game, but Sean said one of the biggest disappointments and issues with the Broncos this pass game was first down, not converting first down. And so not only getting behind the sticks there, then it puts you in trouble, but also what if what if you go down, which is not crazy to say, what if you go down 10-0? Can you slow down the game? I think mm -mm. I think good, patient offenses yeah. that, that have established things can. But at what point does this Broncos offense say, man, we, we need to get something going right now and then uh, put you in a tough spot? I mean, th this is a really tough game coming up because of oh, yeah. the players that you're going against, but also kind of this mind battle. How do you approach this? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a t I mean, this is the start of a really tough stretch. I mean... Really tough stretch. You get look at one it easy you Bears game. Easy in quotes. You're on the road. Justin Fields is explosive. Um, yeah. Until he threw that just crazy <laughs> pick six. I mean, they were in the game. Uh, hey, man, the represent Bucks. the Shaq Barrett, though, man. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What, a, what a cool moment for What him an too. unbelievable moment. Yeah. Just want to talk about good people. Like, what an unbelievable moment. Yeah, like, just. Because after the Bears, yeah. it's. Jets, yeah. Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs. Bills, Vikings, <laughs> yep. uh, Browns, Texans. Pretty tough. Try. Yeah. Shoosh. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is pretty tough. So the Broncos are going to have to get this figured out. Or will big changes be coming specifically to, to the quarterback position? I mean, at what point does Sean potentially think about making a change? Or is, is it just way too early to even think about that? And we never really thought about this because... I never expected a 2-0 start or an 0-2 an start for this You Broncos. never expected a 2-0 start. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I did not expect a 2-0 start. Actually, <laughs> no. I, I did expect a 2-0 start. <laughs> a lot uh, of people did. James, I want to yeah. bounce this off you after I tell you about our friends over at Bacchus and Shanker. If you've been dealt an 0-2 start in life, maybe in a car accident, something like that, call our friends over at Bacchus and Shanker. 222-2222. Get set up with a free consultation. They're going to work on your case for free. You're not going to pay them until they win for you. So there's no downside to visiting our friends over at coloradolaw.net or giving them a call at 222-2222 to speak to them. They've won over a billion dollars in, in cases for their clients in Colorado. They have offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. So make sure to call them where they have over 30 lawyers on staff. That's Bacchus and Shanker, 222-2222. And also, uh, go get involved in the Battle of the Broncos Bourbon Blends. Uh, because Brackenridge Distillery has made a couple of different Broncos blends. One with Ed McCaffrey, one with Alfred Wind uh, Williams. We've got them both on the set here. Uh, and they want you to tell them which one you like better. Uh, because if you vote on your favorite, you can win Brackenridge Distillery and Broncos swag. You can also win two tickets to the Brackenridge Bourbon Whiskey Suite for the Broncos Chargers game on New Year's Eve. Uh, so post your your favorite Broncos photos to Instagram. Use the hashtag Broncos Bourbon. Um, on December 1st, they'll narrow it down to 10 favorites, and then there will be a fan vote after that, and whoever gets the most votes wins the tickets. Uh, if you want to enter, head on over to BreckenridgeDistillery.com slash Bourbon of Denver Broncos, and there's hyphens in between all those words. So check out – have you have you tried the Breckenridge Bourbon, James? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have. I don't want to talk about – well – I, my buddy started a bourbon 
So mm. I drink his bourbon mm. quite there. a bit. There. Uh, I won't give any free plugs. Because <laughs> uh, you guys are doing... Bro- uh, Is bourbon your you go-to? Buddy's bourbon. Yeah, it's Brothers Bond. Um, what I uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love. I make a mean, mean Manhattan at home. I mean, just phenomenal Manhattan. I'm not gonna lie, but wow. I've been getting really into tequilas more lately. Mm. Just more into the tequila game, right? I'm right yeah. there with Let you. Let go of that, yeah. that, that's I'm my a tequila brand. guy through what, and through. What's yeah. your tequila of choice? Uh, there's a Mexican brand that I like called Juarez. That's like reposado. Juarez. I also really like Patron because it's smoother. And okay. uh, Casamigos, even Casamigos. though it's a little bit more mainstream. It is mainstream. Are, yeah, the clue, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, I kind of like that one, too, because it's sweeter. When yeah. I'm, like, in the mood for, like, a cocktail that's a little bit sweeter, that's a good great one for that. Okay. What about Lobos 1707? Now good we're one. plugging <laughs> all sorts of <laughs> That's what? a good one. That's a good you one. You like that one? Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I've never good. even heard of that one. Oh, no. I went to a... I got invited to a... A tasting with Lindsey Vaughn here in town wow, a couple weeks back. Big time. Name okay. dropped. Um, <laughs> she's an investor in it, and in, in um, her boyfriend, I believe, is the guy who started it. But man, okay. they got Maverick Carter, LeBron, Draymond Green, were they all Jimmy Iovine. Tasting? We were all at this tasting in Rhino. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, her, the guy who started the guy who started Lobo seven, seventeen oh seven. He was there. Lindsay was there. We hung out with them and tasted everything. But yeah, he's got a lot of sponsors behind it, man. His his mezcal is really good. His blanco is good. Um, We're gonna have to do a uh, most famous person in your phone at some point, James. Oh. <laughs> See that Rolodex? Oh, no. You're no. like, oh man, I got to scroll. I got so many. Maybe that's no. our top five today. Maybe maybe top five, top, top five people in James's phone. <laughs> um, okay, so where where do the Broncos go from here? Well, you want to talk about Russ, right? Where do we mm-hmm. go with, with Russ? I will say this. It's definitely too early to make a quarterback change. I mean, Way we're two games in to totally this pairing. Totally Sean agree. has done too much in this league as an offensive mind. Um, and Russ honestly has won too many games mm-hmm. and played at too high of a level for really long stretches to say after two games, like, eh, is it Jared Stidham time? Like, well, no. And he's also sitting like, there with, like, the number four passer rating in the NFL. Exactly. And we're, like, see- <laughs> and we, and what are we, we're seeing stretches of really good play. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, this is going to continue to evolve and adapt and grow between the two of them. Grow specifically. I mean, I'm, I'll say this. I don't think Kevin O'Connell is Sean Payton, and I don't think Kirk Cousins, a lot of the times... Is this good? Steve Weich, relax. A lot of the times, um, has not been as good as Russell Wilson. Yeah. Right? 100%. And how did their season progress last year together when they were trying to get everything rolling as a new offensive mm-hmm. mind, a new play caller with an experienced quarterback? Yep. It took them a little bit of time. Yep. I mean, I think we saw that on the quarterback documentary, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I did their games early in the season. I did their games late. Like when they played Philly week two of last year, it was not good. Mm-hmm. Later in the year, way way better i mean was a, they were they were humming as an offensive team yep having the best receiver in football helps that um but, but my point is the two of them accomplished too much to say like ah, i think it's time to move on like two two games right. in right where i am concerned are two plays that stick out from this game mm. the most to me one changed the game and one was part of ending the game they both happened towards the end of the half and end of the game and that was russ using his legs we all know he's a good dual threat mm-hmm. quarterback. In his heyday, he was one yeah. of the best. I remember Davis Webb telling me during camp, like, I think he's top three dual threat quarterback in the history of the NFL, which is mm-hmm. insane. Well, he does have the stats to back it up, yeah. too. How about this past um, Sunday? He became the first quarterback to have 40,000 passing yards and 5,000 rushing yards. And I think he's got 41,000, yep. I think, passing yards. So nobody yep. even has 40 and five. Right. He's got 41 and five. Right. 
And so he tries to get out of bounds, and he's running to the sideline, and he gets stripped on the fumble. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, if he's not a 34-year-old Russell Wilson, that he doesn't get out of bounds on that scramble. Yeah. Oh. And he doesn't fumble. The ball doesn't get punched loose, and that swings the middle of this game, right? Yeah. Really. Then towards the end of the game, he, he they have no timeouts <laughs> left, right? He mm -hmm. gets flushed out to his to his left. Yep. He's running. He's trying to get out of bounds. Mm -hmm. does, does he get out of bounds? Nope. He was tackled in bounds. How yep. many seconds came off the clock on that play? A ton of seconds. A ton of time. And came what off he was second. he was a foot away from yeah. being out of bounds? Exactly. That's why, like, I, I don't know if he's lost just a, a, a half a step in terms of we've mm -hmm. seen him get out of these situations his whole career. Those two plays stuck out to me going like Yes, he's he's in great shape. Mm -hmm. Nobody works harder than Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just make sure that's clear, right? Yep. Dude yep. works his tail off uh, at everything, and he will always get the most out of himself. But even the old saying of "Father Time's undefeated." Yep. Has he lost? Those two plays took out to me. Going, mm -hmm. I've watched Russell for ten years in Seattle mm -hmm. and covered him there. Going, he gets out of bounds in both those plays. Right. Yep. Well, I mean, if, if, and of course he's lost his step. That that's not great. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to lose a step from when they're twenty four. To when they're 34. Nah, so not Mike McDaniel. That was incredible. <laughs> I was like his Yale yeah. wide receiver heydays. Yep. This week, I mean, I know some Broncos fans, it's easy to to not like uh, Vic Fangio just because he, he didn't succeed here. Um, although he didn't do anything like awful here. But mm -hmm. Mike McDaniel, it's so hard not to like that guy. Not, oh, not know, only right? the character he is, but being a ball boy for the Broncos growing up. up in here, Aurora? And, and now you have to not like him this week. Yeah, not like him. <laughs> My buddy Jeff Donington did a great piece on him uh on nfl countdown on espn riding in with him to the facility and his deal his issues with substance abuse and how he's overcome those and his you know history of you know growing up in colorado and stuff like that it, it, he's a very hard person to dislike oh. i mean really oh, hard my goodness. but man when he got hired in miami the buzzer on the league was like this is either going to go really well yeah or this is going to absolutely blow up and be terrible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the, going really well. Was the yeah. buzz like that the same with Sean McVay just because of how young he was? No, there's a lot more of like, oh, this is so going to work. <laughs> <laughs> because Mike was much more of an unknown. Like, yeah. there was already the buzz of like, oh, Mike, uh, like, Sean is a head coach. This is happening. Mm -hmm. This is happening. Actually, you know, Mike will tell you about it. I mean, they were in Washington together. Like, he yeah. was with Kyle and. LaFleur and Sean oh, and Mike's just below all of them trying to you know cut his teeth. That's always always been the case. Kyle's brought him all these different places. There was more of an unknown with Mike than there was with Sean. And it's been wild success. It has been. That, I mean, you got great pieces, man. Yeah, you got great they, pieces. They, they do have great pieces. Where are we going with this? How did, how did I get off topic here? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you meant, I, I, I talked about Father Time, and I don't know. Yeah, yeah, went to Mike Father, McDaniel. Father Time, yeah, yeah, Mike McDaniel. Oh, yeah, Mike McDaniel. My, oh, Father I thought Tom, I said, I said that he runs Mike back. Daniel, not did. Father Time. Yeah, that was my fault. Uh, that was my him. fault. Like, he was just messing with the steady cam guy. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. The guy's following him at half time, <laughs> exactly. and Mike just takes off. Uh, so, so uh, does Russ have to realize this? Does Russ have to change his game? Does Russ, um, or is this Sean? It, it, what, what's no. the fixable part here? Well, I don't think it's... I don't think you can fix losing a half a step. Yeah. Yep. I think when you talk to most quarterbacks when they start to get older, the thing that keeps coming up in the conversations that I've had with them is like, I just got to anticipate things a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. If the ball's out of my hand a little bit faster, I can't zip it through spot A mm -hmm. like I used to. But if I see spot A sooner, ball's yep. out of my hands faster. Right. Now, I don't know in running the football, that's Russ 
taking off and running first, maybe realizing like I may get taken, I'm going to slide sooner, yeah. like protecting the foot. I mean, that was a bad fumble. I mean, that that's, you should Definitely. not fumble in that in that instance. Right. But I mean, there's little things that you you maybe learn in that instance yep. about yourself. But no, I mean, I don't think Sean would run him less. I wouldn't run him no. less even. Even though those two plays I'm bringing up, I still wouldn't run him less. Right. He still mm-hmm. is effective with his legs, for sure. Those two plays just stood out to me going like, this is a little bit different guy than maybe Denver thought they fully signed in in terms of all of the things that Russ can do for you. And it also made me think, so that first one you brought up, it was he didn't gain yards on the play either. Mm-hmm. Like that's one where you just throw the ball away. You know, the the sack he took before the the field goal that that on like the second to last drive. Right after the two minute yeah, warning. He like yeah. kind of tries to whip it into a defensive lineman's legs for some reason. But again, that's one where you can just throw the ball away. There were a few times where he could have just thrown the thrown the ball away and the Broncos would have been in a much better situation. Yeah. That's kind of been a thing for him throughout his career, though, is that he doesn't really throw the ball away. And I wonder if that can kind of be the fix. Just a little bit more often, you throw the ball away and you don't try to make the play with your legs because it's less likely to work. And that might protect him a little bit. You mm-hmm. know what surprised me after the game? Looking at the the box score, which does not tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson led the Broncos in rushing. Yeah, he did. He had, yeah. he had 56 yards. That goes back to the beginning of what we were talking about, yeah. right? Russell Wilson sneakily has had a great start to the season. Like, he, the Broncos' offense is the most efficient. The difference between them in points per possession in second place is this is bigger than the difference between second place and ninth place. Hmm. Like, you have that. You have just the pure passing stats that you can look through, like rating, QBR, the, the touchdowns he's thrown are way up there. Like, everything that you look at, he's kind of had a great start just that we know that there's this communication thing in the background and they hit these dry spells. They haven't been able to pull through at the end. Yeah. I get, I got a question. <laughs> I, have, I have an answer. This is a question for the two of you. Oh boy. Okay. Am I pitting on there? No, I'm not. Oh, you're all good. Nice. It's pretty That's nice. It's comfortable up here. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a question. I'm going to just ask the two of you. Oof. They played Washington on Sunday. Obviously Sam Howell, a lot of question mm-hmm. marks there. Who has a better group around them this season? Sam Howell or Russell Wilson? Just on the offensive uh, side. Mm-hmm. Better group that they have to work with. That commander's offensive line is rough. Like just watching them play, especially going back and watching that Cardinals game. I think the, Russ, the Broncos definitely have the edge in terms of the offensive line, but I think the playmakers are a pretty easy win for the commanders. So right. I'm not sure where that leaves you. I think, yeah, I, I agree with I think that. That's right. Yeah. I mean, Terry McLaurin, I remember Sertan telling me, like, he's the most underrated receiver in all football. Yeah. He can do everything. Yep. Jahan Dotson is an up-and-coming, like, legitimately really good receiver that yep. doesn't mm-hmm. drop anything. Yep. Yep. Logan Thomas is decent. Uh, Curtis Samuel is a, a chess piece on yep. third down specifically because you can line him up in a million different spots. Brian Robinson, different yep. – be- like, mm-hmm. I think – got to be realistic with ourselves. Yeah, 100%. And I think, and that's not a that's not a creme de la creme like NFL team. No, right. no, it, it's not. And that's one of the things that Sean Payton said after the game, which was, cons- I mean, he he was spot on, but he was concerning. He said the defense was poor today. It was. Uh, the, the Commanders moved the ball, scored thirty. We give up thirty five points to the Commanders, and we're going to play a lot better offenses moving forward. And he's point. spot on. He's spot on. And uh, it's, I mean, you you just looked the week before. They did hold the Raiders to 17 points, but the points per possession was the worst in the NFL in week one. Now the commanders do this, and a lot of people in the comments section are saying, this is not on Russ, the 0-2 start. And it's certainly not uh, all on Russ. Probably the majority isn't on Russ. A lot of people are saying the defense 
James, how concerning is it with this defense in the first two weeks? I'm concerned with the defense, but I'm going to get to it. But I'm going to go back to what you just said. You just said Sean Payton said that this defense needs to play better. And this offense, we're going to face a lot better offenses this year. And you mm -hmm. said that's 100% true. And we just said that this offense probably has better talent than the Broncos offense. Mm -hmm. So what are you saying about the Broncos offense in terms of talent? If we just broke down that Sean Payton says there are a bunch of offenses that are better than this commander's offense, but yep. we just said the commanders at the skill positions are probably better than the Broncos. It's a really good point. And it's, it's obvious yeah. that the Broncos are lacking talent. That's, that's, that makes me nervous. It, yeah. It, that's you concerning. have to bank on the difference between Russell Wilson and Sam Howell. That's, that's the probably, separator. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why you pay quarterbacks what you pay quarterbacks, because a lot of times they can make the rest of the group. Yep. That much better. And Sam yep. Howell looked incredible. He looked good. He, he, he looked specifically in that second half, but we'll, we'll go with what you're saying, James. Um, Jerry Judy. It was his first game back, so you, get, you, you, you give him a little break there. He had a catch to start the game. He had two catches the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. That's not all on him, um, but you would imagine mm -hmm. if he looked like a true number one receiver in week one, he probably would have had more than three catches. Cortland Sutton in the first two games this season – has looked like more of the Cortland Sutton of the past couple of years, not the Cortland Sutton of 2019, a, a possession receiver, not a number one receiver, not even a dynamic number two receiver. And then Marvin Mims, I love what I've seen of him oh. so far, but Mimsy. Looking good. Sean Payton has had him on the field 17 plays week one, 16 plays in week two. I'm pounding the table for more Marvin Mims, but I don't think Sean's not putting him on the field because he's stupid. Uh, Sean probably says he the rookie has some limitations right now. I expect that number to go up, but I expect it to go up this he, past. Right, he missed time, right? Yep, he did. In I mean, that's camp. not that's First not good for a rookie days. if you're trying to get you know yourself involved in as many plays as possible. Like right. you said, right? Being able that's a great point. Um, that's the part that I'm concerned with. Like <laughs> the group around Russ isn't phenomenal. I don't think. No. No. Um, no. A lot of times when you don't have a number one, usually you paid somebody else on your offense to make up for that. Dominant tight end. Mm -hmm. That's how we, it's weird. We've brought up the Ravens as many times as we do. Yeah. But like when they had bad receivers for right. a long time, you have Mark Andrews yep. in the passing game. You look at the Patriots and they don't have a great wide receiver group. Well, they have Mike Gusecki and Hunter Henry. Like they have two pretty good pass catching tight ends. Mm -hmm. If the Broncos don't have a one, where's the dominant player at another position right mm -hmm. it's not there you either, almost just really. need it to be javante it might hit him with the, the, the check downs and javante. hit him with the short yeah. pass yeah. i mean it's i think it's gonna have to be like spread the ball around and, and yep. my point of this is a lot of this looks like it would probably fall on the coaching staff hmm. to get the most out of what you have mm -hmm. the most out of your definitely and i'm not saying any of these guys are terrible by any means Cortland can make plays mm -hmm. jerry can make plays we've seen it all happen but if you don't have guys that consistently win on their own, yeah. play in and play out, right. then it's up to the offensive scheme and the yep. quarterback to mm -hmm. make the offense go. Yep. You got to scheme it open. Big time. You got to scheme it open. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I'm a real downer today, guys. No, no, no that's okay. I, I mean, James, just, they're 0-2. They're sometimes they're they're realistic. Um, the they're 0-2, they're but I'm not, yeah. I don't know. Hurts. For this season, Love obviously, they're kind of screwed. In terms of, like, are they a good team or not, my my – Thoughts about them haven't changed after these last two weeks. If anything, I kind of get more optimistic just because I've seen what this offense is doing and the defense, they, they've done better yeah. in the past. Like, yeah. And that's kind of my point. I don't want to cut you off, but real quick, don't yeah, you think, go ahead. don't you think then 
that my point of saying it's up to the offensive staff mm -hmm. and we're seeing some success exactly. offensively, that isn't that a direct example of Sean Payton yeah, it and looks, what he brings it looks like to the working. table offensively. Mm -hmm. He is getting a lot out of the group mm -hmm. if we're breaking it down the way we're breaking it down. And I think that's a positive sign to where yeah. you're actually seeing the Definitely. right coach with the right coaching staff in there getting the most out of the players they have. And we're only two games in. Yep. So he's probably going to learn more about these players as the season goes on to get more out of them as it goes. I think this kind of spins all the way back around as we're critiquing the talent to mm -hmm. like, they probably have the right coach and yeah. the right offensive coaching staff yeah. to fix things. Yeah, well, 100%. Um, and it's just how long it takes to Freddy get fixed. Freddie says Russ is too short. <laughs> maybe, I love that. Maybe, <laughs> what, what is it? <laughs> uh, Russ is too short. Oh, Russ is, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, that's it. Um, Seattle's his decade in Seattle proved that wasn't the case. That wasn't a um, no problem. Maybe he shrunk. But what? What is it? Well, I mean, People you get, get older. Smaller you when they get older. Yeah, they, yeah. they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what What is it that the Broncos need to do on defense? Is there hope to save this defense? And let's get into that after I tell you about game time. If you're going to Miami for this weekend's Broncos Dolphins game, download the game time app. Use the code DNVR to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Next time the Broncos are at home, it's the highly anticipated. Maybe not. It's very much anticipating more Broncos Jets game. Mm. Nathaniel Hackett still got the back juice? in town. It doesn't have uh, the juice. No, no. 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 The juice. Man, I mean, when Aaron Rodgers went out, it made that game way less interesting, but also made it way more winnable for the Broncos. Broncos might be looking to go on a couple game win streak at that game, playing yeah. the Bears. I heard, I heard Aaron say something. Is he going to be back by week five? Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> he the, says he's coming back Achilles faster than anybody injury, else. The, yeah. the, the surgery that he had? He says he's coming back. Man, that would be, I mean, he would love to do that for Nathaniel Hackett. He'd love to be there. Nathaniel Hackett would, would like him to do that boy. for Nathaniel yes, Hackett. Yes, he certainly would. <laughs> um, so use that code DNVR over at Game Dime to get $20 off your first purchase. And go grab some Shady Rays because uh, actually a couple days ago, it was really gross outside. Okay. Um, and it was the I made me realize like I don't need to bring my sunglasses with me today. And it was the first time in months that that was the case. Um, but since we live in Colorado, we gotta have suns or sunglasses just about every day. Uh, so make sure that you head over to shadyrays.com because if you use the code DNVR, you can get uh oh there it is DNVR. You get fifty percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Um, it's exclusive just for our listeners. And uh, over 250,000 people have rated them five stars. So definitely go check them out. You can actually go down to their store at the Park Meadows Mall as well. James, how concerned are you about the Broncos defense? How concerned should we be about the Broncos defense? Because we did talk about how there's so many positives with the offense, how the future uh, could be a lot brighter than it is right now, or how it will be brighter than it is now because things are still picking up. Is that the same with the defense, or is this a little more cloudy and gloomy of the situation? I think it's a little gloomy. Yep. I think it's a little gloomy. Um, he sits in this chair a lot, Pat Sertan, right? He does. He yeah, does. That one. Wow. <laughs> How's it I feel? Can, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got PS2 and JP2. Yeah. J wow. JP2. Wow. What's the two, the two about? I don't, I don't know. know what the two is. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Um, he is an unbelievable player. Yeah. Like, unbelievable player. My opinion, the best corner in football. Mm -hmm. Agreed. You can scheme away from that. Right. You really can. Um, that's tough when you're that dominant of a player. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to my buddies with the Jets, and I was like, we had a conversation on NFL Network. It was like, who's the most important person outside of Aaron Rodgers that, that, that to this team? 
and you would say probably the next best player is probably Sauce Gardner. Right. Mm -hmm. Not a single person I asked in the Jets organization just, I was like, hey, hit me with a, not a single person said Sauce. Huh. Mm. You know why? Because you can scheme against you them. You can scheme away you from them. You can go away from yep. them. Yep. They were like Makai Becton's health or, you know, Garrett Wilson, maybe Quinn and Williams might be our, mm -hmm. sure. might be our most important player outside of the quarterback. So my point with that is right. your most dominant player on the team, teams can try to find ways to avoid. Yep. Now they still make an impact. Pat still makes an impact on the field mm -hmm. because he takes away a portion of it and takes away a lot of times the other team's best player. But then when that happens and they get schemed away from, your other players are in a position where they need to make plays. Right. And I think that's what needs to happen, right. specifically in the secondary. Yep. And I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I mean, yep. especially with... Uh, Kareem being ejected this past game, he's not going to be suspended, but that just showed just the depth in the secondary, how concerning that was. Damari yeah. Mathis, you want to see maybe Riley Moss take a step up, but he has to play first. He was a healthy scratch this past week, probably because he still needs some time to get the defense under him. I'm not concerned about his long-term future, but the secondary is a big concern outside of Justin and Pat. Those are your like, two best players. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Those are your two best players on the team. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. By far. Yep. Not yeah. even close. I mean, th those are your two all pros. Yeah. And that's why it's concerning. It is. Like, that's a, like, but you need, to get, you need to get more consistent pressure up front. You need to stop the run. You need linebackers to be active. Um, I thought from everything we saw during training camp, we'd see more out of this heavy pass rush rotation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On the edge, specifically. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, man. Like, edge rushers, it's getting pretty tough for you out there. Yep. In all honesty. Why? With the way the game's being played. Mm. We had this big conversation on the NFL Report uh, podcast. Check it out. Hosting. Yeah. Nice plug. <laughs> with with uh, Brian Baldigger, fellow, fellow uh -huh. employee now, right? Mm, yes. Wait, stick around. 24 hours. I know. Baldy told me. <laughs> oh. So. Tell me. <laughs> the ball is out so quick. It's under two seconds most of the time. Being an edge rusher is so difficult in getting impact plays from your edge rushers because it's hard to make an impact unless the ball's held on for that third read, that fourth read, right. or else the ball's out. Right. Yep. So your interior pass rush is extremely important. Yep. Getting that push in the middle of the defensive line is huge. And then your secondary, making sure that the quarterback has to go to their third mm -hmm. or fourth read so then an edge rusher can put a move and then get there in time. Right. So my point is, when we were wall following these edge rushers in camp and going like, oh, I got a lot of really good edge rushers, and I think they do have some decent edge rushers. Like, sometimes there's stretches where it's really tough to make an impact as an edge rusher. The whole D-line needs to go and make an impact. That's right. what we saw from Washington, yep. right? Yep. Most yep. of that stuff happened because of how good the interior portion of the defensive line is. And I think that was the question mark we also had, but it was probably overshadowed by the edge rushing situation of, like, how's the interior part of the defensive line? Right. Do we have an interior defense lineman as a playmaker? I think Zach's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. He's a good player. Yep. He's a good player. I just think you, you you want that group to come along together, yep. and maybe there's a lot of new pieces. You know, like it takes a while for an end and an edge to start playing games off of each other, mm -hmm. right. and sometimes getting a feel. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I need a little more push up front if that's what's going to happen with the with the mm -hmm. with the Broncos secondary. Is people are just going to find ways to get away from Pat? Well, I was going to say that's a way to connect the two because then that puts even more stress on the secondary specifically. Yep. The guy's not named Justin Simmons and Pat Sertan mm -hmm. because, like you said, James, if your quarterback has to get to his third read in order to buy time for that pass rush to get there, well, yep. that means they can look at their first read, which is on Pat, quickly move to the second read, and if that's on the other side, 
and he's open, well, then you get the ball out, and then there's there's not time for that third second, that third read to come around for the pass rush to get there. Exactly. And then you hold on. like Then, and this does happen. No lie, this happens, where the quarterback is like, Okay, first read here, first, second read. Okay, third read's at Pat. I, I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> like, you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Like, we're gonna scheme away, and I'm not throwing that. And yep. then it helps mm-hmm. your your defensive line. So yeah, this does this does fall collectively on, I think the group as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is maybe the disappointing part of it though, right? Because this has been the constant during mm-hmm. all of these struggles the last yep. couple of years. Is well, at least the defense has played well. Right. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. Now it's gone. To uh, what were yeah, you gonna say? I mean, and it's all just kind of falling on Damari. Like mm-hmm. there's that one spot that they can just pick on. Like it's He's obviously young, opposite side of the field is Pat. Like can get the ball out quick. Like it's just so obvious to go right there. And so far it's working. Like they've, they've thrown him 17 times, 15 of those been completions, 178 yards, three touchdowns in the first two games. It's like, I love Damari and he is young and we've seen some really good things from him. But so far that has been just kind of the, the piece of the defense that has broken open. And that's why they've struggled. Mm-hmm. Yep. And offensive coordinators pick on mm-hmm. corners. They do. Always. They do. Mm-hmm. Always pick on corners. And it's going to be pretty easy to know where I don't want to go with the football. <laughs> yeah, the that, is, that is for sure. And so what do you do this weekend? Like, if Jalen Waddle plays, I wouldn't think Pat shadows anybody, in all no. honesty. And I don't think you can win... I don't think you can shadow Tyreek anyway. I don't think There's you no can. That's the like one guy in the, hist- in the history of the, the yeah. world. That speed, you can't defend. And no. the stamina, too. Yeah. Like, when should, he's just running down the field, running down the field, running down the field. Like, you sh- just can't run with him. you got to watch that Chargers film if you're Vance Joseph. That'll show you exactly what not to do <laughs> yes. when, you're, yes. when you're scheming up against Tyreek Hill. Their game plan was... Terrible. It was. It terrible, was terrible uh, against Tyreek Hill, and so the extra help that you need to give, he essentially takes two players off, off the field for you. Mm-hmm. That that makes life really hard, and that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, and you never get a break. You never get a break. Speaking never get a break. of the Dolphins, with the Broncos coming up against them this week, James is. I mean, Tua is now the front runner to be the MVP. You've been around so many different camps in the past couple of months. Who's the front runner for MVP? He is. He j- it just changed, I believe. Oh, okay. um, is he the real deal? Because, I mean, that would seem like he's the real deal. He's, his offense has got almost 1,000 yards in the first two games, yet there's still this hesitation from a lot of people. Where if this was Mahomes, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Burrow doing mm-hmm. these exact stats, everyone would be like, hell yeah, this guy absolutely deserves to be the front runner of the MVP. And yeah, of course he's the truth. But there's just always this hesitation with Tua. Well, there is, because you don't know if Tua's going to play 17 games. <laughs> yeah, like that, Honestly, that's that's yeah. the concern, um, if he's going to stay healthy and play. When he's healthy, he, I, there, there's nobody really better. I mean, all, you put all, I mean, you know, just put all these people at the top mm-hmm. that are really, like, he can put the ball in the tightest windows, mm-hmm. in the smallest spot, hitting guys in stride. Obviously, that's extremely important when you're, have players that make plays after the catch like yep. he has. But half of that is Tyreek's not catching balls back here and then trying mm-hmm. to go right. make plays after the catch. Every, he's extremely accurate. Mm-hmm. He gets the ball out of his hands really quickly. Um, Mike McDaniel schemes things up really, really well. He's playing great. I will put this out there, though. And this is a really interesting thing that um, – got my Ohio State shirt on. <laughs> that my buddy Albert Breer from uh, Ohio State uh, – with Sports Illustrated put out to a bunch of executives. He was like, Mac Jones and Tua Tungavailo were both at Alabama with a lot of the same players. Mm-hmm. You know, Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith mm-hmm. and Henry Ruggs and mm-hmm. um, 
all of these different talented receivers that they've had, John Mechie, like, if you switch them, he asked these executives, and you put Tua in New England, and you put Mac in this Miami offense, huh. do you think you'd have the same results in Miami? Most of the executives around the NFL said, Mac would thrive in this offense yeah. just as Tua is. Mm. So a yeah. lot of times we are a product of our environment, mm -hmm. not to take anything away from Tua, but Mac's also very accurate. Mac's also very smart. Mac also gets rid of the football very quickly. Um, it's got a lot of weapons. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him because Mahomes has won two right. MVPs with a mm -hmm. lot of weapons. Yep. 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 You know what I mean? And the first one with a boatload of weapons. Yep. So I think he's playing great. Mm -hmm. I think the offense as a whole is super tough to stop. They still run the ball well, too. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought that was an interesting, like... That is? Uh, what would you call what he did? Experiment? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That, that Hypothesis is, he put out there? Because they are very similar. Like, it mm -hmm. is all those same strengths where it's, like, hitting guys in stride. It's not necessarily mm -hmm. having a big arm and fitting and the so ball into tight windows. That's why both of them thrived at Alabama. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they're not... You can get away with having a little bit smaller arm when you have that sort of accuracy, and it's just, like, a perfect fit more than anything. Yeah, and fit is... I mean... Change. I, I gotta update my computer. Yeah. Uh, I pushed it off another day. I've done that like 14 days in a row now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Time to update for security reasons uh, tomorrow. Um, more so than any other sport, the NFL is about fit. Mm -hmm. You've seen guys leave places and then become extremely successful somewhere else, mm -hmm. whether it's scheme, whether it's environment. Whether it's the NFL is much more about fit. And Tua fits where he's at, like yeah. he mm -hmm. does. We're seeing and learning if Russ fits with what the Denver Broncos have or what the Denver Broncos are going to be mm -hmm. as Sean Payton continues to build that. But his environment fits really, really well. It hasn't fit for Mac right. at all. No. I think Billy O's done a better job with him than than what's gone on there in than the past. Than a defensive coordinator. Than a defensive yeah, coordinator and a special teams <laughs> yeah. Uh, coordinator. Yeah. yeah. Guys, you uh, knew the behind the scenes of whoo. the anger of Mac Jones. Like, he looks like a hook, oh, holy G, shucks right. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like torching that building last year. I, just I don't, so I don't angry play. about yeah. the situation he was put in. Um, so I, it's he does fit. And, that, and honestly, that's the only thing that matters. Right. They win games because mm -hmm. he fits that well. Right. I mean, you can pick apart his game all you'd like. Yeah. He, he fits what they want to do, and he does all of it really, really well. Yep. Well, you didn't sell me that you're sold on Tua as maybe a quarterback for 10 years, but, I mean, he's no, going to be dangerous but this there week. are different, like, there's different ways to win games. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Brock Purdy's a great fit yes, he for is. a team that has some of the best collection of talent yeah. we've ever seen on a roster. Yeah, yeah. Um, that helps, doesn't it? <laughs> that helps. Like, I, I, I find it when you have uh, the ability, as we can take this full circle with Brady with his wristband, mm. Brady has won with a variety of offensive talent around him, whether they were run heavy for a section of years and still won Super Bowls, or mm -hmm. they were pass heavy and he's throwing for 5,000 yards and they're winning Super Bowls. Like that's the mark, and I, I know he's the greatest of all time, so that's a little different example, but like mm -hmm. when you can, it, it takes a transcendent quarterback to win as your personnel continues to change. And that's what we're witnessing with Mahomes. Like, as their personnel changes, as their mm -hmm. financial situation changes, and he is learning to grow with new personnel around him. Mm -hmm. He still has the ultimate safety blanket and the greatest receiving tight end of all time. Yep. But that's what we're continuously learning with him, and we're seeing with Tua in the spot he's in. Now, when he doesn't have those receivers, all right, how does he adapt and change? Right. Mm -hmm. That's when you start giving quarterbacks tons of credit when they start adapting and changing to the personnel that, that they're given or have to work with. 100%. Now, James, I want to wrap this show up with this question. What is, what's the Broncos' goal for this season now? Because 
I think a lot of people thought maybe playoffs. A lot of people thought winning record. A lot of everyone thought better record than last year. And Sean Payton came out in one of those pieces and said he'd be pissed off, off if the Broncos don't make the playoffs. Has that changed? And and how, how, what is your goal for the Broncos now? My goal is the same as it's always been. And you can accomplish a lot of your goals uh, at the same time while you're doing other things. Like, I think you look at, like, say, the Eagles or the Ravens are teams that are having a lot of change, mm -hmm. and they're 2-0. Their goal is a Super Bowl, but mm -hmm. your goal is always to like figure out what works and what to get what like how you grow your team. Mm -hmm. Now you want though to figure out those goals while you're winning games. Right. But that's not always the case everywhere. Sure. So my thought was hopefully the Broncos can win games while they're trying to figure out my number one goal, which is will this work between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? Yep. Mm -hmm. Will it work for the next four years? Yep. Like, do you have the ability when you come out of this season to say, yep? This is this is what we are going to roll with. We are excited about this. This is working. Mm -hmm. This is going to continue to get better and grow between the two of us uh, and the rest of our offense uh, with the rest of it. That was my number one goal. My hope, and I think all the Broncos fans' hope was, yeah, you get to the playoffs learning that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you do these things learning that. Sometimes you don't have the luxury of learning your most important uh, goals of the season while winning games. They would have loved to learn about their relationship in these first two weeks and be 2-0. Mm -hmm. and like Philly is, like, new offensive coordinator. Like, right. you know, new. I'm talking about three teams that have new play callers, right? Mm -hmm. So the uh, Ravens have a whole new offense, new play caller. Well, they're 2-0. and o. They're not where they want to be. Lamar's not comfortable in it yet, but they're 2-0. Yeah. Russ is probably not fully comfortable in it, and he's 0-2. But they're all getting better, I would say, right. as Definitely. they've gone. Yeah, if the season can end with Sean Payton feeling comfortable with Russell Wilson's contract and he's thinking that he's getting quality value in Russell Wilson's contract, mm -hmm. then in five years from now, you'll say, okay, I, I was comfortable with that 2023 season. Yeah. Um, and that's what it boils down to because that would mean Russ is a top 12 quarterback. Because Russ is getting paid $50 million a year mm -hmm. doesn't mean he needs to be the fifth best quarterback in the NFL. We know that quarterback contracts are always going to be off a little bit. Mm -hmm. What Mahomes before getting restructured was the eighth highest paid quarterback. So it doesn't always add up. To Wait, exactly I thought all the Chiefs are. fans wanted to tell everybody, <laughs> look, Patrick doesn't care about money, guys. <laughs> He's cool being the eighth highest paid quarterback. All these other guys uh, are money on That's why Patrick's better than everybody yeah. else. Patrick Mahomes is always going to get paid. This has yeah. been in the works forever. They wanted to see what Burroughs numbers were before they kind of went forward with theirs. I can't stand that. And then what is yeah. it now? Um, I think I saw uh, some national person maybe it was james palmer uh say that after 2026 i believe is when like the guaranteed or when this new they'll deal kind of yeah they'll, they'll revisit so yeah. what Give this 10-year contract did anybody think like he was going to sign this contract <laughs> no. and then just play the whole 10 years out while the rest of the nfl grew and changed and the salary cap exploded multiple times and he's gonna go i'm cool with the deal i signed yep. eight years ago absolutely like, no not. it was going to continue to get restructured that was always the plan yep. and they're always going to keep moving money um to me the mahomes contract by the way timing is kind of hilarious right chris jones wants a new deal he wants oh. a three in front of that number. Mm. They only want to give him like 26 and change or something like that. <laughs> um, they don't come to any agreement other than a new one-year contract with incentives. He comes out, absolutely <laughs> blows up that game against the Jaguars. He destroys that entire offensive <laughs> line. And everybody's like, yep, see how great Chris Jones is? 
Oh, by the way, we're going to give Pat a new contract. <laughs> yeah. Just like, like those right that three million you, bucks is right pocket after change. You do it. And it's like, you couldn't give me three million yeah. more. Yeah. 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 And you just gave Pat $210.6 million <laughs> guaranteed over the next four years. Is this Chris's last year in Kansas yeah. City? I think so. That's good Almost news. So. Good news. Only two more yeah. games yep. for the Broncos. Maybe the Broncos can get him. Yeah, what about maybe. Travis Kelsey? How much more can he have in the tank? I don't know. That there can't be too much left. That is taking a lot less than he probably should be true. getting. True. Yeah. That, that is true. That's very true. Um, yeah. Do we have any super chats you hear? Yeah, we have three super chats. Let's hit those really quick. Alex Hoy says, Jimmy, go Bucks. I'm actually oh, flying out of Columbus this weekend to go to the game in Miami. Are any of you guys going to be there? We Are Are you going to be there? Where, no, where I'm not you? doing that game. What okay. game? Uh, I may not have a game this weekend. Whoa. What? I know. So I might try to go to South Bend. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there you, you go. About that. <laughs> it's like, see my son play soccer here in town? In the morning, or go to South. Oh. Well, you don't. You don't have to put it like Ooh. that. You well, can, uh, that's what it comes I can down to. Have my wife hold a phone that up, is, and we can yeah, like FaceTime me <laughs> from South Bend. Is that yeah. a morning game no. too? No, it's or late. It's a night game. It's late. The yeah. football I'll be game in my backyard. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know actually where I'm going. I got Commanders Eagles Week Four. There might see some things change around. Cam lives in Miami, so Cameron Wolf right. will be oh, at that yeah. game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know where I'm gonna be. There yet. you go. Maybe you'll be in another day. We will not be at week three. We'll be week four though. Chicago. So if any of you guys know we got a big contingency in Chicago, Henry and I are going to be there. So hopefully we see you out there. Next super chat from Judo says to what? Love Soldier Field. Oh, never been. So no, long. Soldier I've been Field, I've like walked it. around it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks oh, cool. it's a dump. But it's beautiful. <laughs> what do you love yeah. about it? Oh, it's an outdoor cold stadium. Exactly. I mean it's awesome it is everything i like outdoor stadiums yeah um right by next to the lake is what like i go by views of press boxes seattle has the best view of any mm. press box they have a nice view of the lake if it's early mm. in the year it can be really pretty yep. um and it's right there uh just south of downtown like right right there it's hard to get in and out of but i do just there's a mystique to it growing up going there a bunch because both mm -hmm. my parents are from chicago so going back and seeing the grandparents and going to games mm -hmm. at soldier field Awesome spot. But saying it's a dump means that you're not it's surprised hard. they're building a new one. No, not at all. They're building it in Arlington Heights, <laughs> yeah. where my dad's from. But they, um, it's a hard stadium to work, uh, press right. box oh. wise, get around wise, yeah. hard stadium to work. But yeah, cool. Judo says two games into the season, and Williams has 39 more rushing yards than Russ. Where is the run game? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this week we knew it was going to be tough to run. Like, you just don't run well against Washington. That's just how that goes. Um, week one, I guess, was probably a little bit more concerning. But even then, I think Javante had, like, five yards per carry. Or maybe it was Samaje who did. And Javante is at, like, four and a half. So I I'm not too worried about it. I think that this week was just a really tough situation for a running game. Yeah, I mean, you you look at the rushing stats for this week. Javante got 12 carries at 44 mm -hmm. yards. Um, and then Samaje got one carry. Yeah, that, that part I'm, I'm a little fascinated about. Like, mm -hmm. I thought we were gonna have this ground and pound type yeah. of like two back set. I thought we were gonna see a lot of two back sets and mm -hmm. stuff. So I mean, it, it is still super early. I it think, um, and I think that's an important thing, James. I think it's super early. I think things will even out. Probably not this week because if the Broncos get down, I think we're gonna see exactly what we saw this past week. The the, the Broncos just, got up. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then yeah. once they got. Even when they were losing the lead, they felt like they just had to throw the ball and kind of be in yeah. comeback mm -hmm. mode, even though they were ahead. And then when they were actually behind, they really had to be in comeback mode. Yeah. You give up one big play to start the game against the Dolphins, you're just you're gonna feel pressed the rest of the game. 
David Freeze comes in and says, any comments on what's happened over at the fan yesterday? DNVR could use a big O. A wild shakeup in the yeah. media landscape in Denver um, with the fan. Uh, so, some big names let go. Some, some guys yeah. that I've looked up to my, my entire life. That's Darren, crazy. Darren McKee. Yeah, Big Al and D-Mac. Like, I listened to that show every day when I was in college. Like, that was the first radio show I ever actually started listening to. So the fact that D-Mac is gone is pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah I mean, I would say this. D-Mac is good radio, man. He's great. Well, he's he really is. He it does. is a skill. Uh, none of us have it. Um, yep. But it's a skill. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a skill to stir the pot and not be fully hated. Uh, yeah, and I'm not lying. That. Like, he he knows how to do it. Yep. He, knows how to, he knows how to be that guy. And... Um, Doing good radio is a really, really, really good skill, and mm -hmm. he he's phenomenal at it. He's really good at it. Um, so yeah, I, I was kind of shocked coming back into town and, and seeing kind of all yeah. that. I've texted a bunch of dudes and yeah, whatnot. But yeah, it's kind of wild, real, it's real wild. We'll see what ends up happening. But let, yeah, we'll see what Phil Lindsay does, man. Yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see what Phil's doing in the drive time. Uh, I, I'll say this: Phil's honest. So yep. Yep. That might be good radio. Phil's an honest dude. Um, he doesn't pull any punches. So and That's yeah. how he was with the media when he was yes. talking as a player, and we, we enjoyed it. Big time. Yep. And last comment coming in from... Oh, that was the last one. Well, oh. that'll do it for us today, that'll do it for James. Us today. Thanks so much. You brought some sunshine here. Did I? I yeah. didn't think I brought a whole lot of sunshine. <laughs> you did. I brought a whole lot of realistic expectations that yep. um, we'll see. It's two weeks in, um, but I have some concerns. Um but you get alleviated from some of those concerns when you have an experienced coaching staff, 100%. Yeah, like, I think right now, if we were sitting there and it was the previous coaching staff that had a lot of people doing what they're doing for the very first time, you're going, I, I don't know if they can fix it. Mm -hmm. We've seen Jean get through things uh, a lot bigger than an 0-2 start. Yes. Even though I don't think it's – has it ever happened for him? I think Once. it has. Once. Once. He right? went 0-2 and then 11-5 and made the playoffs. Yep. Won a playoff game that season. There you go. So it's yeah. happened. It's happened. I'm we'll pretty sure he's about 500 in the month of September. Maybe like just over 500. But then October, he goes crazy. And I feel like hey. the Patriots, hey. they consistently started 500 their first couple of games of the season. And obviously, we know how all of those seasons Bill Belichick's out. motto always over the years has been, you don't really know your team until a quarter of the way through the season. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the greatest coach in the history of the league. So maybe Broncos fans can take some solace into that that um, the greatest coach in the history of football believes you don't really know who you are until a quarter of the way through the year. And Sean so, Payton keeps pointing to a quarter of the way through the year. Four yep. games. Well, we got to improve them. Four games, see where we're at. What is well, a quarter of the way through the year with 17 games? Is it like Oof. somewhere in that middle of that game? Yeah. It'll be the Jets take, game. <laughs> no, uh, take like a timeout in the second quarter. Is it like mid-second quarter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Midway through the Jets game. Yeah, midway Man. through the Jets game. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett can help Sean dissect what his team is midway through that game. I wonder what that pregame exchange will be. Mm -hmm. You think there will be one? Hackett said Sean crossed the, uh, what do you say, broke the coach's code. I think Sean will go up to him. I really do. Mm. I think Sean mm -hmm. will go up to him. Man, then it'll be a uh, Dion, I should say Coach Prime, Jay Norvell situation where he says, keep the cameras rolling at the end of the game. I found it. 54% wins in September, 76% in October pretty good jump yep yep that's a big pretty jump. Good jump maybe we'll see that with the broncos pretty good jump that would start not this week but the next week because october 1st broncos bears in chicago james thanks so much for along with us giving us your insight today we will be back on the podcast tomorrow we got a special guest oh we got a special guest so special stay tuned guest. we'll see you oh the biggest thing i want to talk about i <laughs> forgot to mention well let's do it we're not out oh we're not what do you think about russ's splits
First half, second half. Oh, that's sure. a concern. Like somebody posted, the Broncos now have the longest. Uh, let's see, it's nine games in a row they've that they've had a lead at halftime. They've lost, which is the longest in NFL history. Like if they just won all the Wild. games that they led at halftime last year, they would have won eleven games. So, this year they'd be two and zero. Yeah, and so, obviously Russ is a big factor. So Russ first half stats this season. 23 of 27, 85 completion percentage yep. for 279 yards, four touchdowns, and 12 first downs, yep. zero picks. Two second halves, 22 of 39 for a 56% completion percentage, 206 yards, including with the Hail Mary. Yep. One touchdown, seven first downs, one interception. They were coming out rolling. Part of me thinks that that is coaching. Sean mm -hmm. is coming out with a fire script. Yep. Uh, how about that first 15? That first yep. 15, what he's doing during the week going, oh, I'm going to exploit these tendencies right yep. off the jump. That is showing you the offensive mind of, mm -hmm. of Sean Payton. Now we have to see it happen in the second half and adjust. And I actually looked at Russ's splits for his career. He's far better in the first. Even though we remember him being this guy who's huh. always come back right. in games mm -hmm. and like played great in the fourth quarter and stuff, his stats are throughout his entire career far better in the first half than they are. Hmm. Uh, in the second half. I think that's coaching too, though, because Pete Carroll, by the way, in all of this, uh, should be getting some love. Yeah. Oh, yes. Over this past year, he has Pete's solidified man, himself. It's like Pete's the man. an elite Hall of Fame all-time coach. Um, and that that's fascinating. Now, why doesn't Sean do a scripted second half? Maybe he does, but well, why, you can't really you, you can't script a second half. Um, you can't triple stamp, double stamp, Lloyd. You can't script a second half because you don't know what adjustments the other team's going to come out and make. Mm -hmm after the first half so nobody scripts the second half um really around league because you've now already adjusted to what the rest of your game plan is going to be right so then you go off of that so really obviously those first 15 are figuring out what they want to do getting successful during it is obviously a big part of it but nobody comes out and like really scripts the second half um you usually come out a lot of teams come out like if they're going to know they're going to get the ball they come out with like the first three four plays the whole offense mm -hmm. already knows right um but that's about it yep yeah, so I mean, that's fascinating split between the first and second half. Yeah. And then you look at the offensive production. Up until less than two minutes left in this past game, the Broncos had six total points in two second halves of football. Mm -hmm. Now, they got the field goal. Mm -hmm. They got the Hail Mary, which helps that. But, I mean, it's they, they need to do something different. Mm -hmm. And that does start with Sean Payton in the second yeah. half. Yeah, and all, second half's all about adjustments, too. So as the compliments happen on the script and what the work's mm -hmm. been done, you're still probably trying to figure out what you want to do second half. That's mm -hmm. that something I guarantee Sean saying like we have to be better coming out of the gate yep. and making our adjustments in game. James, you just threw a Hail Mary right there before we, we thought we were done and then bonus you threw a Hail time. Mary. You want a, two, you want a two point conversion That's JP2 right there. It's bonus time. You yeah. want a two point conversion or is there going to be some PI? Oh, that was a, you want my opinion on the play? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was a PI for sure. Yeah. Of course it was. It was obvious. Yeah. Of course it but was. But you shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. It, it's That's so the true. thing. It's so true. And yeah. I mean, the game last night ended uh with pi obvious pi too mm -hmm. yeah. um and you just have to know that yeah don't put yourself in that position because Win by more do swallow the yep. whistle at the end of games you can yep. take advantage of that on defense too maybe mm -hmm. true all right that's it for us today we will see you tomorrow on the dmbr broncos podcast i was quiet because my meters are <laughs>